Another Way to Play, episode 26. Hey, this is Kyle Rickson, father, husband, and owner of Olympic Construction Management. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Sterzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Kyle Rickson. Uh, He's a father, a husband, and owner of Olympic Construction Management, which is a construction management company up in the Tacoma, Washington area. Uh, For those of you who know me, uh, I like to buy rentals in that region. And uh, as a result of not living there, I'm I'm trying to put together people who can help me manage them. And Kyle's one of the guys who is a fantastic person to help manage some of these remodels of these rentals. In uh, this episode, uh, we are going to talk about a couple of things. Kyle is going through a transition in his own business uh, out of construction, uh, banging hammers and nails and into more of the management side and and taking down bigger projects as a result. Uh, So we're talking about his transition there, how uh, when he first got started in in this business, uh, he felt like he needed to have a business partner to give him more credibility because he was feeling a bit of imposter syndrome, uh, but ultimately learned that he had what it took and had to apply his superpower uh, in the right way and then and then hire people to do the rest of uh, what he wasn't as good at. Uh, and, and one of the really valuable pieces of advice he gives towards the end of the conversation is that everybody is scared and the difference between those who are successful and those who are not are the ones who take the risk. Uh, so listen for that because I think he has some really fantastic insights in this one. And before we get into this conversation, uh, I want to remind you that I would love to have a conversation of our own one-on-one in person. So if you go down to uh, the show notes and find my Calendly link, uh, you'll be able to book a call with me directly uh, so that we can connect. I can learn a little bit about you, who you are, what you like about the show, how I can make it better, what kind of guests we should bring on, and all of that good stuff. So really look forward to connecting with you. And until then, please enjoy my conversation with Kyle Rickson. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really excited to have you on. It's been a while since uh, we first tried to get uh, in each other's worlds like this, and, and I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And I know we were talking a little bit offline about some of the stuff you have going on. And I gave your bio in the intro briefly, but uh, why don't you kind of build some context before we talk to talk about the rebrand and the stuff that you have going on today. Uh, give us some context and tell us really where your story began. How did you kind of get on the path that you're on? Uh, it's kind of interesting, um, kind of actually really boring for me. But um, I... Uh, I spent I spent a lot of time doing a lot of things that didn't involve any of this. I went to school out of college. I went to school uh, doing uh, I studied television and broadcasting, and uh, wanted to work in movies. 
and uh, I've shot a couple of independent films. You can actually find me on Internet Movie Database. I have credit. Wow. Realized that I wasn't going to make any money doing that. So I, uh, I, my next, my next direction was, uh, was medicine and uh, specifically nursing. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to work in a hospital. I, I, I got my EMT certificate. I started taking classes for, uh, to get into nursing school. I, I worked in an emergency room for six years. I loved a lot of it and hated a lot of it and realized that it wasn't for me eventually. And uh, through a series of events that involved what I felt like was me needing to not compromise my personal ethics, I uh, left the hospital and started working in construction for minimum wage. And uh, one day I woke up and realized that I could make more money working for myself. Gave my two weeks notice. I started a business and I haven't looked back since. Man, that is probably one of the most twisty, turvy, uh, upside down and backwards uh, paths to being in in a small business that I think I've ever heard. Yeah, it's um, it's been a ride, that's for sure. Like I think about, I think back, and I'm like, like what, what was the point when I knew that I could do what I'm doing now, or what was the point that I knew that? that this was a place or the, the type of job for me. And I don't, I don't really see there ever being a spot for that in my, I just, I just did what felt natural to me. And then, and then through a series of events, like I was saying, I switched jobs and switched career paths. And, you know, I, I have a bachelor's degree in science. I have, I have an associate's degree in fine arts. I have, you know, all sorts of stuff. And not once in any of that do I have a degree in, in construction or, or business management. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said something there that I thought was kind of interesting. You, you followed your intuition and you, you did what felt natural. Um, and obviously that through your, through your career path here has changed over time. Like through those transitions, can you talk about one or two of them and, and how you knew that it was time to transition to the next thing? So let's see, let's pick the big three, right? So from starving artist to hospital worker, I knew that was necessary because I wasn't making any money, right? I wasn't, yep. I wasn't even able to pay my rent. So I guess we could safely call that a no brainer, right? Um, yes. And uh, I picked something that I thought was interesting. I love, I've loved science my whole life. I still love science. I love I love the study of um, like the origin of origins of life. I, I read I read all those news articles about about scientific discoveries, and I listen to podcasts about stuff like that. Still, just because it fascinates me, right? When I was in the hospital working, I worked in um, a 55 bed emergency room in in just outside of Seattle, and it um, the 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 emergency room itself was literally the size of a football field, right? Wow. So uh, I did a lot of walking and a lot of thinking. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, I had an experience one day where I woke up. I, I, I felt like I was kind of just waking up. And I realized that the way that we were treating patients was, was not acceptable for me, right? I value, I value human life in a way that is not, not exhibited in, in modern medicine right now for some reason. It makes me very sad but I, I felt like my ethics were being compromised. And so 
I looked around uh, the things that I knew I could do and the things that I liked to do, and I knew that I knew that I could could do at least basic remodeling work. And mm -hmm. so I so I looked into construction. You know, um, at the time I was like 33, 34 years old, and so I was still feeling like I could, you know, carry 100 pounds up up a ladder if I needed to, and you know, things like that. And uh, it just seemed like the 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 the, the best best option, right? L worst, I could go do that while I was deciding to do something else uh, or what else I could do, and then um, and then I just started in on that. And you know, first job I had, I was working minimum wage, flipping like low rent apartments for 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 a big conglo conglomerate here in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. and uh it was terrible <laughs> it was really terrible um terrible hours terrible treatment you know minimum wage barely paying my bills again but you know wow. at least i felt like i wasn't compromising my personal beliefs on any in any way right and so so through that i started looking into like what it took to to start a business and what it took to you know do stuff like that and and it, it's it's surprisingly easy in the state of Washington to start a business, and um, mm -hmm. I don't know about every state in the union, but um, it's surprisingly easy in Washington. And so I, you know, I just filled out the paperwork and, you know, thought up a name for my business, and and uh, I had a business partner to start out with, and he and I didn't work out so good, and then, um, so we worked together for like seven months. And I just, you know, learned a lot. I learned, yeah. I learned too much in the first one, first round. So, well, you know, it's, it's funny. You say it's easy to start a business. I think, you know, doing that paperwork, you see that all over forums online and, you know, advice columns and stuff about incorporating this way or that way, or filling out uh, this form or this LLC. It's, it's less, I mean, those things are important, don't get me wrong, but it's less about that and more about like the work you do and what you do for clients. And I think that what I'm hearing you say is you're, you sort of found an intersection between something that aligned with you personally, um, sort of on, a, on an ethical and um, treatment of others sort of way, as well as with your skill set. And that's sort of a direction that you then ultimately took when you saw that business opportunity to get away from the starving artist lifestyle. Yes, I, I agree with that completely. Actually, being being a contractor and and building and remodeling really uh, exercises that left side of my brain mm -hmm. a lot, um, and it also um, gives me the freedom to. I mean, I don't really get to choose my own hours because <laughs> because because I work like seventy hours a week right now, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, it gives me the freedom to, to make the choices I want to make in life and do the mm. things I want to do in life in a way that, that working a nine to five job has never, has never afforded me. So if, if, and I'm, and I'm guessing, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming that has to do with sort of the way that you run your day to day, the clients you take on, the way that you approach certain problems that you encounter in people's houses or um, with people in person. Um, is that, is that what you mean by kind of control your yeah. environment and control your lifestyle? Yeah. And I mean, it's don't, let's not get it mixed up. Right. When I started, when I split from my business partner and, and went off on my own, I 
took work from anyone who would pay me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mm-hmm. tell them, you know, I didn't set my prices and I didn't, didn't ask them for, for anything besides, please, God, pay me. I need to make money, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as it goes and as I get better at this and as I understand my, my role in all of this much better, I feel like I have in the last six months, at least it, um, it's much easier for me to set my own price and take jobs that I want to take and not take jobs that I don't want to take and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, when you start a business, you don't get to choose anything besides that you've started a business, but once you get the business off the ground, I mean, at least off the runway. I don't know if my landing gear is up yet or not. I don't, I'm not convinced I've flown through the clouds, but um, I, uh, I would say that I get to choose more and more every day. So, And that's how, how it is, though. I mean, this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is because you're really in the trenches. Like, it's, it's one thing to go talk to somebody and have a conversation about, uh, the what they did over the last 20 years to to be in the position they are, whether it's as a big time real estate investor who owns millions of dollars or a big company or something. But when you're, you know, like you and you and me, we're still starting out. We're there trying to build our businesses and build our client base. And and maybe we've gotten gotten up off the runway, as you so appropriately put it, but we're not up in the clouds yet at, at cruising altitude and can take the seatbelt off yet. All right. So, <laughs> And I, and I love that analogy, by the way. I think it's so appropriate. Um, I, don't, I don't get to choose when I hang out on a beach yet. I, I'm not there yet. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you've had such an interesting you know, path to running your own business here. Um, thinking back to uh, your early days, was there something that you did in that time that maybe in your 20s or early 30s that sort of teed you up to be able to to run your own business that was maybe unconventional or uh, wasn't maybe obvious at the time? Um, I would say that I didn't realize my potential as a business owner and really as as the as the the role in my business before like two years ago or so. If I look back at my life and like just like reflect on certain things that and in certain ways that I've felt and, and things like that. I've always been a very, how do I say it? I've always been the guy that's, that's enjoys doing things like starting conversation with random people in the cereal aisle in the grocery store. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy for me to approach people and talk to them um, about almost anything they want to talk about. Right. Um, I'm less informed about certain things than others, but at the same time, I can still, you know, the older I get, I feel like I'm better at listening too. So I can listen and affirm their feelings if that's really all I need to do. You know what I mean? But, but it's easy for me to walk up to someone. It's easy for me to initiate conversation with pretty much anybody. And it's, it's easy for me to, to take that role in a, in a social situation. And I think that that really benefits me because when I show up at somebody's house and they don't know what they want, but they want something, I can, I can lead them in the direction that they need to go. I can give them ideas about, you know, how I would do it. And then I, I, you know, we can modify from there. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really, really easy for me to do stuff like that. 
So one thing I, I heard you just say, uh, reading between the lines, of course, is that you have identified a skill that you have somewhat naturally, and it sounds like it's something you've always done, but it wasn't until sort of recently you realized that that may be one of your superpowers to help you succeed in doing what you're doing now. I guess to distill it down to like one sentence, it would be that I am really good at networking. Mm. I'm really good at making friends. I'm really good at, at, um, at making people feel comfortable around me. I, I do things. Um, sometimes they're self-deprecating. Sometimes they're not <laughs> um, in order to help people feel comfortable around me. And then I, you know, and then I kick my foot in the door and I go from there. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, all of that is very easy for me for some reason. And I think that there's some really fantastic, like that last thing you just said, for some reason, like you see that as pretty normal and, and like, that's just how I am. And I'll just kind of figure it out because I can use this, this ability that I have, but other people would be like, oh my gosh, like talk to someone in the cereal aisle. No way. Yeah. And, and I, I always am of the opinion that everyone has the superpower in them at least maybe they have one or two, maybe they have more that they can use to their advantage. But until they are able to identify and articulate it kind of the way you just did, uh, being able to apply it to a business or a passion of some kind, it's going to be really hard. And right. I, I have found that a lot of the people who I've had on the show so far um, have really identified what, and they don't all call it superpower, but that's what I like to call it. Um, what, what they're good at, what they enjoy, and where those kind of line up and, and then have pursued that, whatever, whatever that thing is. And for you, that's obviously construction and, uh, and remodeling and that sort of thing. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I would say that construction is, and remodeling is really just the vehicle by which I get to use that superpower, right? Thank you. I don't, I don't think that I'm somehow predisposed to be able to do this well in construction setting. I think I'm predisposed to be able to do this well. And, and I also really enjoy remodeling people's homes. So, so there's that, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and that, that's actually something I was about to bring up because I actually was going to ask you, do you, do you think that like the, what you just said, like is construction the vehicle for this or is this always sort of a passion because the the resume that you gave us at the opening of the show would suggest that you've tried a lot of things and you found something that sort of resonates as opposed to like, I always wanted to build homes and I always wanted to be an architect or, or be out there building something really cool. Like you, you've clearly found a way to, to utilize your superpower and it just so happens that it's uh, remodeling and, and construction. Right. But I don't think that, uh, I would say very, very clearly, as clearly as I can, that, that I probably had this superpower my whole life, but I didn't, I didn't wake up and realize it until like, I, I mean, less than two years ago, right? I'm mm -hmm. really just now, I got to be honest, like, like, like eight months ago, I was having experiences where people would tell me exactly what I just told you. And I would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know why you say that about me. I just am desperate to get paid to feed my family. And so I'm doing mm -hmm. this right. But mm -hmm. now I've gone from that to, to really 
I'm at least at the beginning stages of really understanding how to use my superpower for good and to, 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 to create positive, um, uh, positive outcomes in a number of situations. Right. And, 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 and to, uh, build my business, right. The way that mm -hmm. that needs to be built in order for me to one day be able to choose when I sit on a beach, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so did I have this superpower my whole life? I mean, there's probably a pretty strong argument that everyone's born with these, their, their superpowers and they just, you know, through the course of their life, they discover them. Right. You know, like, like one thing that I know is your superpower Hans is that you, you distill and, 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 uh, crunch data very well. Thank um, you. In, in a way that, that I have never been able to, and I, I, I've tried. <laughs> and my brain just doesn't work the way yours does in that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, you knowing that is a key to your success, right? You sell houses for a living because you know the data. You can tell someone, well, this is the, this is the place to buy a home, and this is how much you're projected to see your value go up in the next five years and you know all that stuff and you can just you can just naturally regurgitate that information right mm -hmm. for me i have to read stuff like that a hundred times and still sometimes i can't regurgitate it correctly um you know my skill set is something that i my superpower is exactly the same way right mm -hmm. i do this naturally every single day all the time it's not that easy for everyone to do what I do, but I mean, know. what you like, everyone does have their superpower and, or, or maybe a couple, I, I think everyone's different in that regard, but um, you know, I, I don't consider myself a huge extrovert, which is ironic because I'm hosting a podcast for right. one, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this you know, I, your comment earlier about starting a conversation in the grocery aisle, like I, I, that's not me. I don't do that. In fact, like I, I find I can cold call, like I can prospect and can do that stuff, but like, I, I do not find it easy to reach out and start cold for, with people. Um, so you having that ability to sort of take that and warm up real quick is, you know, I've, I've had to sort of learn it cause that's the nature of sales, but it's not natural or comfortable to me. And the fact that you've had it and then you're able to apply it is, is really fantastic. Um, what, I, what I'm curious about though, is you said in the last two years and maybe as recent as eight months, you've really started to not only be able to articulate, but like apply your superpower. Like how did you go about uh, recognizing that? And um, how did, you know, what, what was the catalyst for you to sort of, change it over to something that you could then articulate to us today? Uh, I would say it had a lot to do with people repeatedly recognizing the skill in me before I recognized it and mm -hmm. them saying, bro, you're so good at this. How do you do this? And me saying, what are you talking about? And then them saying, you just do this thing where you walk up to these people and you, you make them feel comfortable and then they trust you all of a sudden. And then, and then you sell them, sell them remodeling on their house. I'm like, I just talk to them. I just, you know, I try and get mm -hmm. on their level. I try to, you know, I try to make them feel like I'm a normal human, just like them. And I, you know, I talk about what they want and then I, I naturally also want to help people. So it's like, here we go. Let me help you. We're cool. Let's be friends. Get this done. We're a team, you know? Yeah. That's absolutely. how I do it. 
you know, but they, they recognized that in me long before I knew. And, and, and then just people said that to me repeatedly over and over and over and over. And finally it stuck. And uh, now that I've recognized, or I'm willing to admit that I have the skill, the superpower, now I'm willing to admit that I have the superpower, you know, like Spider-Man, right? With great mm -hmm, power, mm -hmm. with great responsibility, all that. And mm -hmm. I am working really hard to develop it in a way that's beneficial both to the people around me that I work with, like uh, investors like yourself, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to like client relationships where I, I walk onto a job site with, with an investor in a house and someone's living there and, you know, they're talking to them. And I, I use that skill that I have to help the homeowner feel comfortable with, with both of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And do that on purpose. Um, I could just not say anything and stand in the corner and then ask the investor questions the whole time. Or I could, you know, do things that I intentionally do like, like, like excessively thanking the people for, for letting us look through their house and, and asking them questions about their home and, you know, asking the name of their dog and, you know, petting their dog and you know what I mean? All sorts of stuff mm -hmm. like that, that, mm -hmm. that helps them build trust with, with totally. me and also then with the investor that I'm working with, you know? Yep. Completely. So. How we, what advice would you give to somebody if uh, they're like you, where they're getting repeated information from their friends and mentors and colleagues and whoever else uh, over and over and over again that, Hey, you're really good at this, but it's not really clicking for them. Like what advice might you give to, to them, to that person who is, probably has something that they're just not recognizing in themselves. So would you say like, like I see it and I want them to see it or they have had enough people tell them that they have it. And now they're telling me that they have these people telling them and, and I'm supposed to be like, what do I do with that? Well, how do you, how do you, maybe the better question is how did you go from people consistently telling you that you had this ability uh, and then you not be, you, you then saying like, what are you talking about in, in flipping the switch to now you can articulate it and, and you can <clears throat> tell us about it. Um, I think it involved a lot of repetition. Mm -hmm. I think that people just had to tell me until I tell it finally clicked in my head. I don't, um, I don't, I can't point you to a certain specific time where I was like, the light bulb went on. It was just, you know, over and over and over and me like hearing them say that. And then being someone that wants to improve my life in a way that, you know, I, I, I try to listen to the criticisms around me and the, you know, good or bad criticisms. Right. And, and, and then them telling me that this lots of times and then me being, being willing to, you know, test out their theories for them basically and do this mm -hmm. over and over and then, and then realizing that they're right and now being able to use it. Got it. So repetition and, and uh, yeah, if you start to recognize patterns, like maybe there's something to it and maybe it's not random at that point. It's not luck. It's something you're doing, whether you recognize it or not is, is worth pointing or paying attention to. Right. Well, I would say that there's not like a, you know, not like an old wise person once said this or anything, but it's like, 
if enough people are telling you you're good at something, you probably should start listening to them. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. Just Couldn't... like if, if I, you know, if I wanted to, if I had somehow in my head that I wanted to drive race cars and I definitely would suck at that enough people tell me I'm bad at driving race cars. I should probably listen to them and find a new career path. You know what I mean? It's exactly the same idea. Totally. So totally agree. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, recognizing your, your superpower, I know that you're going through a bit of a transition in your business at the moment from the time that, that we met to uh, now you've, you've, you're making, I don't know if you call it a complete overhaul, but you're definitely making a pivot. Um, do you want to talk to us about that and tell us kind of what led you from phase one of your remodeling world to what you're trying to do now? Absolutely. Um, so when you and I met Hans, it was actually like at the very, very, very beginning of when I was just, had just split from my, my business partner. And, uh, and uh, let me see, it was Aaron Nelson who, who introduced us. Mm -hmm. So I had started, I had started like less than a month before meeting you. I had started, I had split from my business partner and I had started taking work from people. And literally I was laying flooring out of the back of my wife's SUV, right? Mm -hmm. Taking any job that anyone would give me doing work on Saturdays, all the, all the whole nine yards. And, and, uh, we met and you asked me to flip your, your duplex unit and we got it done. And it was a great experience for me. And I, um, I appreciate every single thing that you, uh, you taught me through that process and the times when you were really patient, when I didn't seem to get what it is that you were trying to communicate to me <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And, uh, I think that, um, I think that I'm definitely better for that. Um, I hope you are too. Um, mm -hmm. But I started as a, a remodeling contractor, right? Mm -hmm. the name of my name of my business was Rickson Remodeling. I named it after myself because it, you know, was the first easiest thing that I could think of, right? And uh, it um, it kind of took off from there. Like within the course of from the from the day that I filed my paperwork. Um, within less than six months, I had people calling me and asking me to do full scale, like, like 450 square foot additions on houses and things. Right. Wow. It was, it was insane. And I don't know how I got there. And maybe it was just cause I was good at talking, like we said, but, but I don't, I don't know what happened. I still, to this day, don't know how I got there so fast, but, um, over time, it's evolved. My business has evolved from from doing flooring, from doing you know painting bedrooms and you know installing flooring, and, you know fixing, replacing faucets, things like that. To understanding through through really an understanding of my my uh, what my superpower is, which is you know back to what we just discussed. Mm -hmm. I. I've discovered that I'd work much better. I operate really well as a project manager, mm -hmm. right? So I do, I do all of the, I do all of the front end work and then I manage the projects now in a way that um, has, has created this situation for me where I don't like, I haven't done any actual work on a job site in probably three or four months now. Um, 
all of my work is administrative and relational and estimates and purchasing materials and all of that. And it's, it's what I'm good at. So I'm developing this, um, this business model where I am adding, I'm, I'm changing the name of my business, right? It's going to be, um, it's going from, from remodeling, Rickson remodeling, which communicates, you know, what I was before, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, I can, you know, I can remodel your kitchen. I can lay tile in your bathroom. I can, you know, I can remodel your bathroom. I can put new flooring in your living room. I can, you know, things like that to the new name of my business is um, Olympic construction management. I named it Olympic because of the Olympic mountains in Washington. And I wanted something that was, was, was uh, reminiscent of the area that we're from and <laughs> quite honestly, mm -hmm. Cascade Construction Management was already taken. Mm -hmm. My first choice, <laughs> right? I'm terrible at naming things. But um, construction management, Olympic construction management communicates that I can do anything you want done, right? Mm -hmm. It says, you want to remodel your house and add 600 square feet? We can do it. You want to build an apartment complex? We can do it. You want to you know, you want to build a custom home, we can do it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I want. And that's why I've changed. That's the biggest reason for my name change, right? Um, I'm, adding a, I'm adding another project manager to my team. So it's me and my friend, uh, my friend Kevin Carbon, who is a highly skilled project manager like, like myself. Uh, he probably has more experience and more skill than me, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm grateful that he wants to be a part of my insane ideas. I love the fact that you've come you've come back to uh, consistently through the last couple of minutes, identifying areas that you're better at than others, and then you're finding people to uh, help you in the areas that you maybe don't have a proficiency in, like your buddy Kevin or some of the other. Um, people that you're going to end up hiring through this new venture and working with. Um, yeah. You know, you're taking your strengths and your abilities and applying them in, in areas where you know you're strong and then getting other people to help you with the rest. Yeah. My strength is clearly in project management. It's upper level, uh, uh, you know, bird's eye view, moving all the pieces around the board to get it to get them to go and do what you need them to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I have a knack for that. I have a knack for, for getting people to agree to let me do their major enormous projects for them. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin is the same way. He doesn't talk as much as I do, but he's, he can spout all the knowledge and, 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 you know, he's, he's a really easygoing, really, com really, really easy to trust guy like me. And mm -hmm. I think we work well together that way. Um, when you say, when you talk about like identifying what I'm good at, I have this thing that I tell people where I, where I, where I, I go through this explanation of how I've, I've never been a carpenter. Um, I have a, I own a construction business and I now own a construction management firm, but I'm not, I've never been a carpenter. I've never worn, you know, tool bags on a job site before. I've never framed a wall. I've never, you know, I've never done those things. Right. I, I'm never going to be the guy that knows where every nail goes on every piece of wood to get, to get the project done. Right. 
the thing that I do know is I know how to find the people that know the answers to those questions. Mm. I know how to source material. I know how to find people to do the jobs. I've built a team of, of, of what I would say are nothing short of experts in their field to do things like um, my friend Greg Kruger is, a, is an architectural drafter, is better than anyone I know at conceptualizing space and using space in a way that is efficient and um, helpful. We, he and I walk into, into houses for homeowners that you know want to remodel and change the floor plan around and it takes him less than five minutes to figure out a plan and a solution to their problem every time. The guy is a wizard and um, you know and then he he works with uh, engineers that help us with all of the really long math problems that prove mm -hmm. that, that we can do what we want to do structurally so the city or the the county signs off on our on our ideas and then you know and then I have carpenters and plumbers and electricians and and everybody that can do all the stuff to get the job done and looking exactly like your you know your pictures that you found in Pinterest that you want that's so that's I what you just said there over the last couple of minutes is really incredible because I think that there's a lot of people who would feel that they have to know all the skills of a trade, whatever that trade is. In this case, we're talking about construction, but whatever the trade is before they can step into management or, or hiring or uh, being a CEO or whatever. And you're suggesting that going back to our original conversation, having like identifying what you're really good at, what your superpower is, and then applying that, whatever that is, uh, to the best of your ability is really, really the key and the goal. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I would give an example in that the first, the first business I owned with my business partner when I first left that, that low rent apartment construction company was a bit, uh, I, I had a business partner because I was afraid that I needed to be able to do everything. I needed to know everything. I was afraid that I didn't. I was I was scared that I was going to be in um, people were going to see me as as in, incapable of doing the job because I didn't have experience in certain areas and um, and so I had a business partner that um, had more experience than me in the in the actual building of the things than I did and I thought that was going to help me in fact it 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 held me down quite a bit. And, and hindered my process a lot. And so um, when I left him, I found that I could do everything without him, right? Mm -hmm. And in a way that, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to speak ill of anyone, but it was, it was really a clear understanding. What, what I needed in order to not do business with him was a clear understanding that I didn't need him when I thought that I did and I was scared, I was scared to do business without him because I thought I needed him or I couldn't do the, do the work that I needed to do. What you were experiencing was probably <coughs> imposter syndrome. Probably like you, actually. You, you didn't have the faith in yourself to walk into the room and know what you were talking about. So you felt like you had to get somebody 
who's more experienced than you to fill in the gaps that you perceive that you had, which probably you didn't, but you know, we all have to go through our process. But then in that process, you obviously learned a lot and identified further a lot of your strengths and your abilities to put together teams to accomplish these jobs. And at the end of the day, you know, people, I mean, they don't, they don't really care about your credentials. They care about getting the job done for solving the problem, whatever it is that they have. Right. Right. Gosh, there's so, so much value in that. So much truth. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Unfortunately, we're getting towards the end of our time, but I, I do want to wrap up this, this part of the conversation before we uh, phase into the final part. Looking back on your story, especially in your construction life, what, like if you had like a little sticky note, you know, like something that you've, you know, a two by two or three by three and could write something to yourself and hand it to you. Uh, at the very, very beginning, when you first got into this world, right out of the, the low cost apartment uh, life, uh, what would you write on that sticky note? Oh, I would write, I mean, I don't think I have exact wording for you, but I would write something to the effect of, you know, everybody's scared, <laughs> right? Mm. And, 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 and the difference between the people who are scared and the people who get things done are really just that they're willing to take a risk. Dude, you know? that, that is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> my, friend Kevin, my friend Kevin has this saying that he's been throwing at me a lot recently. It's, he says, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And, and really what, what owning a business is, right? They say it takes five years for a business to get off the ground. And I think, uh, I think that I misunderstood that completely when I started. But when it comes to owning a business, feeling the fear is knowing that it's going to be tight for a long time, right? And you have to start making, creating processes and creating systems and, and doing the hard legwork that's going to pay off in five or 10 years from now, you know? Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm at the point in my life maybe where it's easier for me to have the I don't, I wouldn't call it foresight, but um, yeah, maybe I would call it foresight, have the foresight to be willing to do the hard work. You know, mm -hmm. when I was, when I was 22 out of, out, of, out of college, the first time, there's no way I would have had the patience or the, or the, or the endurance or the mental fortitude to do what I'm doing right now. There's just no way I, I wake up some days managing, you know, let's see, I'm looking at my whiteboard in my office right now. I'm managing one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm managing six projects right now. And I have three more, not including your G street project. Yep. I, have three, I have three more in the pipeline. So I wake up and I look at this whiteboard that I've created that helps me not have to hold this information in my head. Yep. all day long. Um, says project phase notes, completion date, you know, things like that. Yep. Um, I look at it and I, there are days when like, like, like I get so anxious about all the things that need to be done that like, I have to, I have to sit down and take deep breaths and <laughs> close my eyes and drink more caffeine. And, you know, I feel the fear and I, and I, and I, and I put my head down and I work through all of it every single day. And, and even on the worst day, this job, this thing that I've created, I wouldn't trade it for anything I've done ever. That's amazing. 
yeah. that that sensation and that saying that you're using feel the fear there's uh that's very much the same kind of thing that i was taking into my rowing life and oh yeah uh, we we talked about it relative to butterflies you know everyone gets that feeling of, of nervous energy in the butterflies rather than trying to stop them because you're not going to ever especially when it's a big race that you've been training for all year you try and channel right. it in one direction and then for us it was just down the course in a straight line ideally and uh for you you know it's a very different way to channel it, but you're, you're not trying to get rid of it or, or run away from the discomfort, but lean into it, use it to your advantage and move forward with it. Yeah. I don't feel like, I don't personally feel like I'm using anything to my advantage. I feel like I'm recognizing it and doing what I need to do, whether it's there or not. I wanted to, I don't know where to put this in all of this, but I wanted to mention a, a, a part of my business plan that I had. I've been working with several contractors that are really good at getting things done and really good at doing work on a job site and really good at taking a list of things that I want them to do and doing it, but they're not good at the owning a business, finding the work, scheduling themselves out so that they have consistent work, all of those things, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm working on this business plan where I do all of that for people in a way that helps them use what they're good at and helps me use what I'm good at. So I, I have what I would say, I mean, my, my job, my jobs are booked out till the end of the year now, right? I'm set till the end of the year and um, it's easy for me to find work. And so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm starting, um, so you, when you, in the state of Washington, I don't know if it's everywhere, but in the state of Washington, you own an LLC, which is the business entity. Mine is Olympic Construction Management LLC. And then you can purchase however many DBA, DBA names as you want in whatever order you want, right? So I could purchase, purchase a DBA for my LLC that's um, something like, I like the smell of stinky socks, right? And I could I could put that on a on a business card, and I could tell people that I like the smell of stinky socks as a business that does house cleaning, right? And and then um, it can work underneath my current my current business entity, right? Does that uh -huh. make sense? Yep, absolutely. And so what I'm doing is I'm I'm taking that idea and I'm giving people a business, right? I'm starting a DBA for my friend, one of my guys, his name is Matt, that is a handyman service. His, his business, his handyman service is called Littlefoot Handyman Services. And I own a DBA now that's Littlefoot Handyman Services that operates underneath Olympic Construction Management. And Matt and I are about to sign an operating agreement that says that he owns 75% of that business that DBA and I own 25% of it. So I own basically what happens is say he makes, say he makes a hundred dollars. I get 25 of those for, for what I provide to him, which is yep. a business, which is uh, work, which is all of those things, right? Scheduling all the administrative side of his business, all of that. Right. So 
uh, I think they call it like enterprising or something like that, but um, I've started doing that and I'm, uh, I'm actively looking for certain people um, right now to, to fill certain holes that I want to try and try and fill in the industry, like uh, landscaping. I want to, I want to, I want to enterprise a landscaping business. I want to enterprise a, I want to enterprise a home cleaning business. I want to enterprise. Um, yeah, I want to, I, I would love to enterprise a roofer and a, and a, or sorry, I, an electrician mm -hmm. and a plumber, you know, because yeah. here's the thing, Matt also in his, in his operating agreement signs an, uh, a non-compete clause, right? He signs a, he signs a, um, it's not non-disclosure. It's, it's a, it's non-compete, which means that, that, that it's my business first. Right. It's, it's I am doing this for you in a way that will get you work and get you paid. You know, I'm giving you a percentage of this, this ownership because I want you to have skin in the game and I want you to take ownership for it in a way that I know you will, will make us both more, more money and more successful. Mm -hmm. But if you decide that you don't want to do this with me anymore, you, you don't get any of my clients. You don't get any, you know what I mean? Because I yeah, work very, completely. very hard <laughs> to get those and, and to yep. cultivate those relationships, right? Like with you, you know, yep. he doesn't yep. get, he doesn't, you know, he will be, uh, I can't say for sure, but he'll be the guy doing handyman work on your property after mm -hmm. we're done remodeling it, right? You'll call right. me in six months and you'll need a handyman to, you know, swap out this or, or that, or, you know, turns out that, that that bathroom shower is leaking and we didn't know. And, and Matt's the one that's going to go and do that work. Yep. Right? Because he's the one that, that, that I've, you know, I've been working with to get work. So he gets paid and I get paid and we both benefit. That's such a fantastic business model. Cause I think that the, the contracting community in general is not as forward thinking in that way. And I, and I find that to be true down here in the Bay Area when I when I go to work with people, um, they're thinking more like job, you know, fee or job hourly wage or whatever it is. And there's less business um, mindedness in this in that industry. And I love that you're trying to bring that in. I think it's probably because I'm such a relational person, though, right? Yeah. Like, like it's more important to me than build a relationship with Matt and get him work and have him know that he can trust me. And then, and then through that build relationships with customers that keep calling us to come back and do things, yep. you know, like you should see the tile job that Matt just finished. One of my, someone I know hired me, actually she's a nurse from the hospital where I used to work, hired us to put tile in her laundry room and it looks phenomenal. Right. There's a mm -hmm. bunch of white subway tiles on the, on the walls and then black tile on the floor. And, you know, it's just incredible. But um, Matt did an incredible job, but it's, you know, the relationships are so much more important to me than the, than the, than the jobs, right? Totally. And I think that's how I'm successful in that area. Kyle, I appreciate, I really appreciate the deep dive on that because that I could talk to you about that business forever, but unfortunately we're getting to the end of the time here, but uh uh, really, really love what you're doing and love what you're bringing into, but we have to transition to the uh, focus five, which is our final five questions that I okay. ask every guest every week. And I'm really excited to hear your answers. Are you ready? 
I, I will do my best. I've read over them and I, I hope I can give you something. Well, here we, you've given us a lot so far, so let's uh, keep it finishing strong here. So first question is, uh, what book have you gifted most often? Um, I, I don't have one right now. Um, I know that that's like throwing a whole wrench in your system, huh? <laughs> well, final five is, focus five is over. No, just kidding. Um, is there Damn a book it. that you've read and really enjoyed uh, immensely? I don't have any that pertain to my, my business or business strategy in general. What's, what's something outside of business that you're into these days? I'm sorry. I don't have anything. My mind is blank in that area. You've been, you've been selling too many jobs here with your construction management company. (laughs) I Um, work like 70 hours a week. (laughs) Right on. Well, uh, moving to the second one, if you could get an hour of somebody's time past or present live or dead, who would that person be and why? Oh, there's a lot of people I'd like to meet actually. Um, right now it's anyone who is, who has been a leader in my, my industry and, and in business. Right. So like, um, there's people, um, people who have started things from the ground up in this area in Seattle. Like, like I'd love to be able to pick the brain of, um, who's the guy who started, uh, Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yep. Right. I'd love, I would love, and I know that there's a lot of conflicting feelings about this guy, but I would love to sit down and talk to Elon Musk for an hour because the guy, the guy, I don't know if you've heard stories about how he driven of a human being he is. Yeah. I've read his book and, and found it to be totally fascinating. It's insane. How, how focused that man is. Oh, there's other people like, um, like, uh, you know, people who started, started things changed, you know, started revolutions in ways you know, um, Henry Ford created, mm-hmm. created the, the, the assembly line and thought up a new way to do business than how it was done before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, just all sorts of people like that, that, that I would love to just like put in a room and, and hear them talk one after another, you know? Yeah. Just build your lineup and, and, get to put them on a panel of personal board of directors or something. That's right. That's a good idea. Love it. Uh, what is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? I believe that the core to my success lies in my belief that human beings are valuable, right? Mm. And their value is something that I, um, I try very hard to communicate to them when I work with them every day. Right. And an understanding of their value helps me want to work with them and, and, and help them, you know, put up with the hard times, if you will, and, and, and work through conflict and things like that in a way that, that, that adds longevity to my relationship with them, you know? So you're working 70 hours a week. You're start. You're restarting a company, more or less. Um, give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Like, how do you start your day? I get up and I make a cup of coffee and I read my emails. There and I go. and I make a list of things I need to do that day. And mm. today's list is almost a page and a half long, and I've only done about half of it. Well, we won't keep you too much longer because I know we got to check those items off. Um, 
But before you go, I really appreciate everything you've brought today. Uh, what is the best place online that we can find you the most? I don't spend a lot of time online. I, uh, I frequent forums where I get work from people and, and I, you know, I read the news, but that's about it. Uh, will you, by oh, the time I like, I like football. I like reading football stats and watching football highlights. Um, are you, do you have a website set up for the company yet or not, not yet? No, we're working on it. Cool. Well, by the time that comes up, I will have that posted in the show notes. If someone wants to connect with you there, um, probably something around Oli Olympic construction management, but we will make sure to have, uh, have that posted so people can connect with you if they, uh, resonate with with the podcast and would like to hear more about what you're doing i have uh, i have the i have the web web space purchased uh, it's www.olympicconstructionmanagement.com but you won't uh, you won't find anything there if you go there right now fantastic well once it's built out we'll make sure it's uh readily available and and folks who listen can uh can get in touch with you that way uh, Kyle, thank you again so much for being the guest on the show. Really appreciate it. You definitely brought a lot of value and um, talking about your story and then your your current uh, project. Has, I love uh, some of the lessons you've learned and what you've been applying to what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, man. All right. We're going to sign it off and uh, thanks for being part of the show. Yes, sir. And that does it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Kyle. I know I got a lot out of it and uh, was really excited to hear about his transition into a new version of his business. If you want to check that out, go to olympicconstructionmanagement.com. I'll have that linked in the show notes so you can hit him up there, see what he's up to. And uh, if you're in the Tacoma, Washington area looking for a construction management company, uh, he's absolutely someone you need to talk to. Uh, so before we sign it off, I do want to remind you that I would love to talk to you uh, in person. Uh, so if you go down to the show notes and find my Calendly link, uh, you can get on my schedule. We can have a 15-minute chat, get to know one another a little better, and uh, find out what's resonating with you on the show, what I can do uh, to keep making the show better, and hopefully uh, keep providing value to you uh, as the listener. So Without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.